Hi friends. To cook, of course we need ingredients. And if you go back to episode three, I talked in detail about what ingredients I keep stocked in my pantry. But aside from ingredients, we also need tools to cook with. In this episode, we're going to talk about the basic pots, pans, and utensils that should get you through almost any dish. If you listen to last episode, I talked about how I was recording in my walk-in closet and the walk-in closet is great for sound quality and acoustics, but it's kind of lonely being in there by yourself. So instead of being in the pod closet today, I am on the pod couch. So if the sound is a little more echoey, apologies but I wanted to be in the living room. So if you hear any weird noises from outside, just imagine you're sitting on the couch with me and we're chit-chatting about cooking stuff. So let's get into the cooking stuff. As for pots, I really only keep two pots. I have a medium saucepan and a medium slash large Dutch oven. Now. I've seen some really big Dutch ovens, so I consider mine to be a medium one, but it's still a decent sized Dutch oven. Like if you follow me on YouTube or Instagram, like I use it to make a Dutch oven bread recipe and it, it works perfectly. So as you'll hear when I'm talking about the different pots and pans that I have, I tend to have at least medium or large sizes of them because most of the dishes you cook, it's always good to have extra room in your pan, and usually that's no problem. What does become a problem is when you're trying to cook something and your dishes or your pots or pans are too small. So I keep a pretty minimal, relatively minimal amount of pots and pans, and all of mine tend to be medium or large size. In my saucepan or in my Dutch oven, I can cook rice or pasta, I can make sauces, um, I can make casseroles, like I'll use, I've used my Dutch oven to make this cheesy chicken wild rice casserole and I just assembled all of the different parts and put it into my Dutch oven and I put the Dutch oven right in the oven. The great thing about a Dutch oven is because it's cast iron, well that's one reason, <laughs> because it's cast iron you can use it on the stove and in the oven, or you can transfer it from the stove to the oven, depending on your recipe. It's just such a versatile pot. In my saucepan, I can also uh, boil vegetables if I'm doing that. I can boil eggs for hard boiled eggs. I could make a small pot of soup if I wanted to, or I could use my Dutch oven, which my Dutch oven is larger in volume than my medium saucepan, I can make soups or stews in my Dutch oven. If I forget, if I remember anything that I, if I remember anything else that I typically use my Dutch oven or my medium saucepan for, I'll, uh, I'll mention it as we go on. But let's move on to pans. I have a medium, medium large 
cast iron frying pan and I think mine is about 10 inches in diameter. Then I have um, either a medium large nonstick pan and the one I have, you know how most nonstick pans kind of taper out and up? Mine, I have one that is the edges go straight up and the edges are probably a couple inches deep and that is super handy. I think I found it at Home Goods several years ago and I partially just liked it because the bottom of it is red and I just liked the pop of color but it has been such a useful pan to use because the sides are tall so it kind of helps me contain my food within the pan and make less of a mess. Then I have a large baking sheet. I think it's technically considered a jelly roll pan. It's a little bigger than a typical cookie sheet. And then it has maybe three quarters of an inch to a full inch high of an edge around the whole thing. So then I have, I have both an eight, eight inch by eight inch or a nine inch by nine inch baking pan. My eight by eight is glass. My nine by nine is aluminum. It's nonstick, nonstick aluminum. I don't know. It's some sort of metal, metal, metal alloy. And then a nine by 13 casserole dish. So those are the long rectangular dishes that people make casseroles in. And then a bonus that you don't need, but could come in handy is a griddle. So a griddle, mine, I use for making pancakes and sometimes like a quesadilla or a grilled cheese. That's right now, that's basically what I use my griddle for. But since you have a cast iron frying pan and a nonstick frying pan, you don't need a griddle, but they can come in handy. Mine is a nonstick square griddle. You can do square ones. You can do long rectangular ones that take up two burners. They can be nonstick, they can be cast iron, whatever your preference is. Um, but so that's what I use my griddle for. Basically anything I do on the griddle can be done in a frying pan, cast iron or nonstick. So going back over what kind of things I use my pans for, um, I use my cast iron more than I use my nonstick frying pan. So in my cast iron frying pan, Again, quesadillas, uh, sauteing vegetables for a dish, making eggs, whatever kind of eggs I'm making. Um, you can use them to make like a frittata where it starts on the stove and then it goes into the oven. Again, just like the Dutch oven, the cast iron Dutch oven, the cast iron pan is awesome because you can, I don't do this a lot, but if you watch cooking shows, you may have seen um, chefs or cooks searing meat on the stove. Just the outside of the meat is getting nice and brown and crisp. And then once all the sides are seared and the juices are locked in to the meat, they just take the pan from the stove top and pop it in the hot oven to finish cooking. So cast iron is awesome for that. And then my nonstick, I have, I do have a smaller nonstick frying pan. I hardly ever use it, but um, a lot of people prefer nonstick. Nonstick for eggs, sauteing vegetables, whatever else you normally do on the stove. 
pancakes, quesadillas, grilled cheese, if I didn't already mention those again. Um, you can make sauces or creams in, a, in your frying pan. You can just melt butter for a dish in your frying pan. You can fry up meat or just vegetables. And then my baking sheet, when it comes to cooking, the biggest thing I'll use my baking sheet for is um, sheet pan meals where you're just putting a meat, a vegetable, and maybe potatoes seasoned and oiled up on your baking sheet and just popping it right in the oven. Um, but also, it's really awesome to just put chicken or whatever other meat you want seasoned and you just put it on your baking sheet, stick it right in the oven. And then my 8x8 or 9x9 pans along with my 9x13 casserole dish is a lot of times when I'm cooking I'm using them for casseroles. But so whatever kind of casserole or hot dish you can think of. Um, but also like I've made a baked chicken parm instead of like frying instead of uh, frying it up on on the stove in a frying pan I take my depends how much meat you have you take your casserole dish or your 8x8 9x9 pans and I have chicken in there and then my favorite red sauce and then lots of cheese on top and some croutons and then you just bake that and so the casserole dish or the baking pans have those taller edges, two to three inches tall, and they just, they contain whatever meal you put in them so they don't go splat. They just kind of keep it all together. So baking dishes or casserole dish are essential. And then if we go on to utensils, I have a utensil holder right next to my stovetop and what I have in there are wooden spoons. So I recommend you having at least one wooden spoon. It does not need to be slotted. Like some of them you'll see like lines cut out in them or a hole cut out in the middle. That's fine. Um, but there are also rounded tip wooden spoons or there are square tip, like the top of them are square wooden spoons. Um, but you, there are also wooden spoons that are rounded on the one side and then the other side is, has a, is square. So it's like a hybrid round square wooden spoon. I recommend a round one, but if you prefer square ones, go for it. I just feel like round ones are better for like stirring things. I don't know. That's just my opinion. If you think otherwise, more power to you. Whatever works for you. So wooden spoons, silicone spatulas. Now you can just get plastic ones, but I prefer the silicone ones because they're made to withstand a higher heat. So I have no problem having the spatula right on a really hot cast iron pan or something like that. Now I have several spatulas. You can get away with one, but I, like, I have multiple and it's really handy because sometimes you need a couple while you're cooking, and so it's nice to have a spare. Then I have plastic flippers, you know, the tool you use to flip your pancakes. Um, I think those are also called spatulas, but if you know, you know, a scraper is the soft spatula, and a flipper is the hard spatula. 
rate and review this episode if you agree. Leave me a message. Then I also have metal spatulas, which are awesome for cast iron. Now, some of you might not do this, some of you might not agree, but I'm here to say don't use metal anything on nonstick cookware. The metal can and eventually will scratch the nonstick surface and that gets rid of the seal of the nonstickiness and then it's it's never going to heal itself. If you think of it like a cut, you just cut open your nonstick frying pan, for example, it's never going to heal itself. It's only going to get worse and you're going to have nonstick flaking off. Maybe not a lot. It might just be a little bit at a time, but I mean, if you think about it, you don't want to be eating that, but then your pan is no longer completely nonstick. No, it's a whole nother conversation that some quote unquote nonstick pans, are they really nonstick? That's a discussion for another day, but please don't use metal utensils on nonstick cookware. Wood and silicone or hard plastic like your pancake flipper, a-okay to use on nonstick cookware. Leave the metal utensils for your cast iron pans and pots. Okay, and then tongs. Tongs are essential. I, if I, I have a pair of metal tongs and I have a pair of silicone tip tongs. If I had to choose between one or the other, if I could only have one, I would have the silicone tip tongs. The silicone can withstand the higher heats, like I mentioned earlier with the silicone spatulas, and you can use them on your nonstick surfaces as well as your cast iron surfaces or your grill even. Now, most people have separate tongs for their grill, but in a pinch, you could use your silicone tongs on the grill. Then a whisk. You can get silicone tipped whisks, but I just have a metal whisk and it gets done what I need to get done with it. But a whisk is very nice to have. Now, this depends on how you make them, but I have a potato masher. I know some people just use instant mashed potatoes. In that case, you don't need a potato masher. I don't use my potato masher all that often, but there are a couple times a year where I'm like, I'm glad I have my potato masher. Some people will just use like their hand mixer or a stand mixer to get their potatoes mashed. So it all depends if you want to go old fashioned and rustic with the hand potato masher, then pick one up for yourself. Otherwise, it's not necessary for you. Then a ladle. Again, another thing that I was taking notes for this episode and I wrote ladle down and I was like, that doesn't look, look right. I spelled it L-A-D-E-L. I was like, that doesn't look right. I'm like, maybe the L is inside the E. So I spelled L-A-D-L-E. I'm like, that's not right either. And then I was like, oh yeah, there's two Ds. It goes in hand with how often I use my ladle. Like how often do you spell the word ladle? Um, <laughs> but I have a ladle and if you're making soups and stews or if you're dealing with like uh, homemade chicken broth or something, it's good for picking up and transferring liquids of some sort. And then getting down into some of the basics, knives. Um, I think everyone should have at least three knives 
um, one chef's knife, one serrated knife, and one paring knife. And if you want more information on like what each knife looks like if you don't know and what each knife is best for cutting and what I use each knife to cut typically, um, go to episode one and I get into more detail on these three knives. And then of course, you probably already have these in your house, just a butter knife, butter knives, forks, spoons. Um, they come in handy for like, if you're pan frying chicken, you can just flip, if, of course you can use a tong, but you could use a fork. Um, if you're tasting sauces using a spoon, um, if you're cutting a little bit of butter off of a stick of butter, your butter knife. Of course, there's a lot of other things that you can use. Your typical knife, fork, and spoon that you have for regular eating your meal, they can come in handy when you're cooking meals as well. And then finally, let's get into some miscellaneous stuff. So mixing bowls. I recommend having a small, a medium, and a large mixing bowl. Um, it doesn't matter if it's plastic, if it's metal. I have both, or glass. I know some people have glass mixing bowls. Metal ones are awesome because they're easy to clean. You can throw them in the dishwasher. They don't shatter if you accidentally drop them, um, but they don't, they don't like your microwave. So if you want two sets of bowls, you could get some microwave safe mixing bowls. Those work as well. Mixing bowls you might use for, oh, along with your like um, your casserole dishes or your baking dishes, mixing bowls or your baking dishes are awesome vessels if you're going to be brining smaller amounts of meat or marinating meat or maybe even some vegetables. It's They're deep enough and they have the taller sides you can put in the meat and whatever marinade or brine you have and it'll just hold it right in there. So that's one option for use of mixing bowls, but cooking up salads or salsas, or I'm sure we all know that mixing bowls are very handy. They can also be used for serving. Um, well, let's skip down to that. I was gonna mention like serving platters. I personally don't own any serving platters. I will just serve out of the vessel I cooked the meal in, or a mixing bowl, or I'll get out um, a dinner plate and serve it on there, just like that. But if you want nicer presentation, you can pick up some serving platters. Those will be fine. Um, there's a lot of, you can have a lot of fun picking out serving platters and having a variety of different shapes and sizes and colors and patterns, lots of fun. Uh, back to actually the cooking part, cutting boards, wooden ones, plastic ones. I have both. I Don't quote me on this. You can contact me. You can DM me on one of my social medias that I'll leave linked down below. But I believe wooden cutting boards, the wood, has natural antimicrobial properties. So don't diss wood cutting boards. I know you can't toss them in the dishwasher. If you're tossing them in the dishwasher, please don't do that. Your cutting boards don't like it. The dishwasher detergent, well, soap dries out the wood. So be nice to your wooden utensils, including your wooden spoons and your wooden handled utensils like your knives. Next time, just hand wash them. Um, but I have 
plastic cutting sheets. So mine are like super thin. If you watched any of my YouTube videos, they're very thin, um, but I have multiple. I have three big ones and three little ones, and it's nice to have a couple, at least two cutting boards because a lot of times when you're prepping a meal, if you have meat in the meal, you might be cutting the meat on the cutting board. And so either if you have other ingredients to prep, prep the meat last so you don't have raw meat touching your other ingredients, um, or you can just have two separate cutting boards to prep your ingredients on. Um, and it's also nice to, once you prep your ingredients, you can just keep it on the cutting board until you're ready to use it. So I recommend having at least two cutting boards, but sometimes the more the merrier. Uh, measuring cups and measuring spoons. We have to measure our ingredients. I know, I know cooking is an art and baking is a science, but if you're trying out new recipes, if you're new to cooking, um, some of us have, I'm not saying myself, some people have the genius of just throwing things in a pan. Think of like maybe your grandmother or someone else's grandmother and maybe they've passed a recipe on to you or you know of someone whose grandmother has passed down a recipe and they just have like these non-specific measuring units. Um, but for the rest of us, when we're following a recipe, we need measuring cups and measuring spoons. So also handy would be a two to four, either like a two cup or a four cup. I know you can get larger ones. I have a glass two cup measuring cup and then growing up, my mom had a two cup measuring cup and a four cup measuring cup, but I know you can get bigger ones, um, but they're, they're clear. I know you can get plastic ones that you can slightly see through, but it's nice to measure liquids or large volumes of say vegetables. Um, so you can just either, you can pour your liquid, your, maybe it's just one liquid or various liquids into your glass measuring cup and you can see without having to, is this making sense? You can see <laughs> how much liquid you have um, without having to use several different measuring cups to do the job. But typically when you get measuring cups, one cup is the largest. I recommend getting a measuring cup that's at least two cups or bigger. And then a cheese grater. Now, I recommend getting one that has at least two grate sizes. So you have like your normal cheese grater size, which is like, I don't know, are they like a centimeter in diameter? And then like if you have a box grater, you have the four sides. So the main side is the larger, maybe a centimeter in diameter. Maybe it's less than a centimeter where you normally grate cheese. And then like usually on the back, you have the smaller holes. I recommend whatever kind of cheese grater you get, make sure they have the normal larger holes and then the smaller holes because the smaller holes are good for like grating Parmesan or you can use it in a pinch as a microplane, which has really small holes for like grating garlic or zesting lemons or limes. So yes, cheese grater. And then you don't need this. I mean, you don't need a cheese grater if you're just gonna buy grated cheese, like that's fine. Whatever lifestyle you live, I, I typically buy a block of cheese. So I use my cheese grater. So again, you don't need this, but um, if you have a blender, awesome. But also like between a blender, 
a food processor, it can be handy to have at least one of those. So an immersion blender is awesome if you're making like homemade tomato sauce and using whole tomatoes, but you don't want a chunky tomato sauce. You can just put the immersion blender in your pot once it's all done and just blend it until it's smooth. Um, some blenders, you can just pour hot tomato sauce mixture right in the blender and blend it until it's smooth. Same with the food processor. But blender, food processor, immersion blender, you can make sauces, you can make dips, you can make uh, salsas. So you don't need it, but it can be really handy to have a blender, a food processor, or an immersion blender. And then continuing with uh, some more miscellaneous things, foil and or parchment paper are really handy to line a baking dish or a, your baking sheet for when you put a casserole in there um, or you have your sheet pan meal. When you're baking things, food or grease or whatever can get stuck on to your baking dish or your baking sheet and you can clean it off. It's just more difficult once the food is baked on. So foil and or parchment just make your cleanup easier. So those are really nice to have on hand. And then once you're done eating, if you have leftovers, we need storage containers for our leftovers. So if you don't have baking dishes and you're thinking of picking some up, I recommend buying ones that come with lids. My 8x8, my 9x9, and my 9x13 all have lids on them. So whatever I bake in them, I can let them cool off a little bit and then I can just stick them right in the fridge. I don't have to worry about putting them on a plate and putting some saran over the top. I don't have to worry about do I have enough Tupperware to store this in or what Tupperware is the best size. Um, I can just cover, put the, put the cover on my baking dish and stick it in the fridge. But Tupperware are awesome to have on hand, whether you do glass or plastic. Whatever is most feasible for you, we need them for storing leftovers in the fridge or the freezer or taking food on the go. So if, you, if you're living your life without storage containers, I don't, I don't know what you're doing, but <laughs> I think you need some. So what do we think? Did I miss anything? If you noticed, I, you may not have noticed, but I don't have a lot of fancy gadgets. Oh, speaking of gadgets, okay. Reminded myself, we need a can opener. Okay, everyone needs a can opener because we still live in a world where not every can has a pull tab on it. So get yourself a can opener. I really like the, well, I like the style that Pampered Chef has because you can open your can and you do not have a sharp edge left. Like I remember when I was little and I would open cans for my mom when we were cooking, she'd be like, be careful. Or she probably didn't even let me open cans <laughs> until I was a little older because you have that sharp edge that's left around the rim of your can. So the style that Pampered Chef has, this is not <laughs> sponsored, <laughs> this is not an ad, um, but the style of can opener the Pampered Chef has allows you to take the lid off of a can and there is no sharp edge left. Safety first, everyone. Safety first. 
I just keep reminding myself of things. Talking about safety, we need hot pads. So a lot of pans that you can use on the stove have handles that don't conduct much heat, but a lot of pans do conduct heat and the handle can get hot. Or if you have a big pan of pasta with its water in there, like you can hold on to the handle, but sometimes water is heavy. So having a hot pad or an oven mitt to be able to just hold on to the other side of the pasta pan and be able to go over to the sink and drain it out. Safety first, keep your hands from being burnt. And then the same thing with getting stuff out of the oven. Your oven is going to be, even if you go down to like 170 or 175, which is typical for a lot of ovens, whatever you had in the oven is gonna be 170 degree, 70 or 75 degrees. And that's hot for most people's hands. So get yourself a fun pair of oven mitts or a couple hot pads, stick them in a drawer by your stove, and there you go. Um, but as I was saying, gadgets, like I don't have a blender. I have a mini food processor that was a hand-me-down. I have an immersion blender that was a gift and I just started using it. I don't use it very often, but it's nice for making um, this cilantro dressing recipe that I have. It's over on YouTube if you're interested. <laughs> um, later tonight, I'm probably gonna use it to make my homemade hummus. Again, video on how to make that is on YouTube but I don't have a blender. I don't have a KitchenAid mixer. I don't have a hand mixer. So like when it comes to mashing potatoes, I just do it the old fashioned way. But yeah, like our ancestors got by without our fun kitchen gadgets. Don't get me wrong. I love going into like Williams Sonoma, which if you don't know, it's a, it's a cooking store um, or any other little store where there's like an, a fun kitchen section, like I think it's, it's, I'm like a kid in a toy store. <laughs> There's so many fun things that you can find. But as I said at the beginning of this episode, these are just the basics that I think I keep a pretty minimal inventory of pots, pans, and utensils, but you can get by with just that. So if we recap for pots, I have a medium saucepan and a medium Dutch oven. For pans, I have a medium-large cast iron, a large baking sheet, a large non-stick pan with high edges. Um, I have a 9x9 and an 8x8 baking dish. You don't need both, one will, one will do. Some recipes will say use an 8x8 or a 9x9, but if you don't have one or the other, you can use whatever you have. And then a 9x13 dish, and of course I have a griddle. You don't need that, you can just use either your cast iron frying pan or your nonstick frying pan. For utensils, a wooden spoon, silicone spatula, a pancake flipper, which of course can be a grilled cheese flipper or a quesadilla flipper, whatever you need to be flip-flopping. A metal spatula, don't use it on nonstick cookware, please. Tongs, silicone tipped. A whisk, just a metal one. A potato masher, a ladle, knives my chef's knife, my serrated knife, my paring knife. I have more than three, but you just need those three. Um, your typical butter knife, dinner fork, soup spoon, or teaspoon. And then for miscellaneous things, mixing bowls, small, medium, and large. It does not matter if it's glass, plastic, or metal. You can make do with whatever you have. 
cutting boards, I recommend two. Doesn't matter if it's wood or plastic, you can work with either. Measuring cups and spoons, along with a larger glass or maybe plastic measuring cup that holds at least two cups. A cheese grater, which again is optional because if you're buying grated cheese, um, but a cheese grater, like I said, is also good for zesting your citrus fruits or grating like ginger or if you're grating vegetables to put in a dish. Think like zucchini or carrots. You don't need these, but one of either like a blender, a food processor, or an immersion blender. You don't need them, but they can come in handy sometimes. And then foil and parchment and maybe serving platters. Again, you don't need them. You can just use mixing bowls, your baking dishes, and your dinner plates or dinner bowls. And then storage containers for leftovers. Whatever kind of storage containers you prefer. So those are the kitchen essentials that I have for cooking. And those are the essentials that I've had for several years and they get the job done. Now, I don't do any like super fancy out there like gourmet dishes so I don't know if there's anything I'm missing but what I have gets me through what I cook. What are the cooking necessities that you have that I didn't mention and why are they necessary for you? Head on over to one of my social medias again link down below let me know I'd love to hear about it if you are liking The Kitchen with Ray, if you like this episode, I'd be grateful if you rated and reviewed the show. It lets me know what I'm doing good or what I could work on. So it's greatly appreciated, negative or positive. It'll just take a minute, rate and review the show. I'd appreciate it. And then I'll leave you guys with this, that Jesus loves you. He wants a relationship with you and you get to decide if you have a relationship with him. He wants it, you to have a relationship with him. He wants a relationship with you, but it's ultimately each and every one of our own choices. And it's the choice I've made to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're interested, I will leave a passage of scripture down in the show notes for you guys to check out. Thank you all for listening and we'll talk next week.